Go beyond the superficial. Go beyond the noise. And Hype delivers business knowledge gained from developing and manufacturing hundreds of products, working with high-growth entrepreneurs from all over the world. Focus skills and passion into innovative ideas. Take control. Become the engineer of your own life. Transform product ideas into business realities. This is And Hype. Transform product ideas into business reality. My name is Callie Keen, and this is End Hype. Reputation management is a little bit more than just making mistakes go away. Making mistakes go away will not build your brand. Like some kind of digital pack animal, we look for reviews, we look for articles, we look for information from influencers, thought leaders, peers. We look for these things to assure us hey, this product is good, this brand is reputable, they are on the up and up, they're cool, they're trending, they're responsible, whatever that thing is that we care about, that the brand is performing on that axis. This is why reputation is not just important, but a key and core portion of what brand development is. So in the past, people looked at reputation management like, hey, I want to just get a negative review off or hey, I want to make sure that I have 4.5 stars on Amazon or something very straightforward like that. And although those pieces haven't really gone away or will go away, life is more complicated. Online business is certainly more complicated than that. I'll frame this episode with a simple story. There's lots of variations of this, but I generally consult with businesses that are over a million dollars a year. And I coach people that are somewhere over that six-figure range and up. Depending on how we want to work together, that's that's where people are. But I put out this content, I put out the podcast, I put out the live streams to arm you with the information required to build that million-dollar brand. So a lot of the discussions that I get into online through DMs or through the live streams are with people that are looking to launch a brand or have just launched. And a common post-launch story that I hear is, hey, there were some manufacturing delays, there were some quality issues, there were some fulfillment issues. There were things that occurred because of the nature of reality we can't see, we can't foresee all of the problems or issues or potential whatevers that are going to pop up. And really well-run businesses, it's not that they can avoid 100% of those issues. It's not like my clients somehow can dodge bullets and don't have a single issue. Great businesses learn how to operate through those problems. They learn how to build operating procedures and better relationships to prevent those things from occurring. But there's always at every stage of business, there's another stage of obstacles, and we have to learn how to deal with them instead of letting them leak out. If you've ever done a Kickstarter campaign or you know somebody that's done a Kickstarter campaign, hell, if you try to buy something from a Kickstarter campaign, you'll know that a lot of times those launches, they are wildly optimistic in how quickly they'll deliver their product. I'm waiting on a product from one of the biggest brands that they successfully fund seven-figure product launches on Kickstarter routinely. And they're, I don't know, six months, nine months late on delivery because we can't always see what the issues might be. Things outside of our control may make your launch go poorly. It's not about preventing every one of the billion things that could go wrong. It's about how we manage the aftermath, how we build a brand in spite of obstacles, not in the absence of obstacles. Great brands work through these problems. They're not able to magically avoid them. 
As for Kickstarter, I think that's kind of par for the course, right? It allows you to get a lot of funding that you otherwise wouldn't have and honestly operate a business at a level that you otherwise shouldn't or couldn't. You give people that have never run a product business hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in the case of some people, kudos, to figure out manufacturing, figure out logistics, figure out fulfillment and customer satisfaction and how to do all of these elements They get a taste of what it might have been if they organically grew over the course of a year. They get that in a month or what it might have taken them after a few products that they've launched after they've built a team. It pushes them farther down that roadmap and they're forced to deal with the ramifications of success. And so we get into these conversations pretty often. Hey, how do I manage these negative comments? Hey, people aren't getting their product. What happens? Um, people got it. It didn't hit their expectations. What do we do? Well, what do you do? This is all a portion of reputation management. Very important, very important for brands that are starting. And it's very important for brands that are established because there's entropy in the universe. We can very easily get complacent and just start putting out boring products, not those amazing products that were worth sharing like we did when we launched. What made our success needs to constantly be ratcheted up. We need to constantly be out there and pushing and developing not just our products, but our brand and our communication and our community. And that's what I want to get into in this episode, because reputation management isn't about getting negative reviews taken down. It's about proactively building a brand so people know what you're up to, how good your product is, and that it's for them. Here's the baseline. Here's the most simple starting strategy to maintain your reputation and grow your brand online. It's to listen, find out where people are talking, where people are talking about your brand and listen, make a Google alert, check your Amazon reviews, check the comment tab, check the community tab, check the comments on your YouTube, wherever you're putting out content or placing your product, you need to be actively and routinely listening. Instead of just jumping in and happily looking at all those positive comments and reviews or being afraid, hiding and ignoring those negative reviews, I want you to come up with a strategy, a operating procedure for how you engage those comments. If someone had a great experience, can you reach out to them and find out why? Can you get user-generated content from them? Can you do something and take that relationship to the next level? That's going to feed into the other strategies that we'll talk about today. If someone had a horrible experience, they don't like the product, it didn't come, it came in damaged, broken, didn't meet their expectations, what are you going to do about it? How can you turn that situation from a negative experience into a neutral experience or a positive experience? How can you turn that around? How can you keep it from festering and damaging everything that you've worked so hard to build? Do not respond with a bunch of excuses, nonsense, blaming other people, argumentative attitude, sass, or any of that foolishness. Just be professional. Be clear. Apologize. Ask them to email support or DM you so you can work and walk through it. Take that communication offline, figure out how you can solve that problem, and move on. It's absolutely simple. Just taking action on this will move your brand to another level. Very few brands actually actively maintain this communication and dialogue with their customers. They just go for the most simple thing, which is to remove any kind of negative reviews or criticism that they can find. 
I find it pretty suspect when I look at a brand new item on Amazon or a brand new item that's popping up on a Google search return or, and there's nothing negative that anyone's saying. Somebody didn't say, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Four stars, overly positive feedback, pretty suspicious to me, but I kind of know what the other side of getting those comments and reviews looks like. And there's just a lot of scammy behavior out there. So at any rate, what we really want is we want to move on to positive aspects. Instead of being reactive, we want to be proactive. Most people buy because of someone that they already know, like, and trust. We've talked about this in the collaborative launch and collaborative growth blueprint. We've talked about this over and over again on the show. But what we want is we want referrals. We want user-generated content. We want somebody to make a YouTube video showing it, unboxing it, reviewing it, loving it demonstrating it. We want people to show their friends. We want people to buy it as gifts for their family. We don't want to have to run ads for every single customer. I don't I don't want to pay customer acquisition costs. My favorite customer acquisition cost is zero. That's how I like to run brands and run my business. I don't want to pay to acquire customers. If we want to be in that situation, we have to be proactively building our reputation. Instead of just sitting around waiting for reviews to happen, I want you to figure out how can you solicit reviews? How can you incentivize reviews? How can you request reviews? How can you gamify shares? How can you reward the type of behavior that would propel your brand, that would promote your brand? I'll give you a very simple strategy, especially as your brand builds clout. If you use user-generated content, if you promote it, if you use it in advertisements, you use it on your Facebook feed or your Instagram, or you give people a little bit of love, you highlight them. This will signal to other people to create user-generated content. It's also a proactive way of engaging a community, but certainly more people are willing to put that out there if they think, hey, well, this piece of content, they might feature me. I might get some followers out of it. I might get some you know, some clout myself out of this. I'm, they put it out there to show it off. Now you're helping them show it off. This is how social media works. It's the social aspect of social media. User-generated content, it's very powerful if you as a brand also use it as part of a communication plan, as part of your marketing strategy itself. You have to understand human nature. It is far more likely that someone will complain then someone will be to softly recommend a product that they just kind of like. When you're looking at reviews and referrals or mentions, anything related to squawking, talking about your brand, it's an extreme level behavior unless you promote it and you ask it, you foster that type of communication. Otherwise, in general, if you just passively let it go, instead of actively building these feedback mechanisms, you'll predominantly get negative feedback. That's just human nature. That is the nature of reality. You need to fight that back. The extreme reviews will tend to be negative reviews. That said, this whole strategy of proactively getting reviews, it does feed into our product development strategy and our other brand building strategies. We want to create products that really solve a massive problem for people. We want to message what that product will do for someone honestly, but in terms of impact, we want products that help people belong, help people identify, help people become something more than what they are, something deeply fulfilling and powerful, because if we're able to tap into those emotions, it's a lot easier to get something dumb, like a five-star review. If you just make a utility product and it solves a 
very generic utility problem, it's hard for somebody to disrupt their day, go back onto a platform and post about it. They're certainly not going to put it on their Facebook feed or their Instagram feed. They're not going to make a reel about it or do some kind of TikTok dance proclaiming that you're the best. It's just not going to happen. So if you think about the importance of reputation management, this is why when we discuss collaborative growth strategy, when we talk about product development or listening and finding user stories to find winning product ideas, it all comes back down to communication. What's that story of success going to be like? We want to understand what that is the entire time. That's why we go out and have real conversations with real people, because I want to get that user story from them. I want to use that in messaging. I want to use that in our ads, in our messaging, on our landing page. And I want people to have that same experience. And I want there to be coherence. I want there to be congruence across what we said was going to happen, what they had happen, and how they message it to other people because this is what it did for me. That's what a really great proactive reputation management and brand development strategy looks like. We're thinking about people the entire time. It is not an affect. It's not an accident. It's not something that we have to pay off. We have to trick. We have to cajole out of people. It is a natural output of doing our job well. Lastly, I want to talk about a slightly different aspect of reputation management. I want to talk about dominating search returns. Now, I feel like people more and more, they're purchasing products from people. So they're looking at their friend or an influencer or a thought leader's Instagram. They're looking at a TikTok video. They're being introduced to products in ways that are different than in the past. Marketing on Pinterest is very different than marketing, say, in the past with pure organic search returns. It's very difficult for an emergent brand or smaller brand to compete and say, I want to search for boots and to get to the top of that search engine. It's it's very difficult. It's extremely competitive. And more than likely, you're not going to have the money to get there and stay there. Now, again, if you really understand who you're serving, what your product does for them, why they would want it, how it makes them feel, there's lots of ways to get in there with long tail keywords, with articles, with, with other ways to pick up customers organically. But first, what I want to talk about is owning your own name. If I type your brand into Google, and you can type my name into Google, and you can see this, I want there to be page after page of information that tells a customer that, yeah, you exist. You do this thing. You're legit. There's a lot of scams going on in this world. There's a lot of people that are so-called experts in the coaching consulting world, and then you Google them. They really haven't done much of anything. I think that's it's always very interesting. Maybe they just made their money being a coach or putting out a program, or I don't know what they do. That's mind-blowing to me, but for clients... I type in their name and they have their homepage. Maybe they have a video and that's you know not much it. More often than not, this is what's even worse is their competitor comes up. They don't even own the first page if I type in exactly who they are and what they sell. You need to own that first page. So if nothing else, pick a platform that you like that has staying power and start working. I think that one piece of advice that Gary Vee gets right is that all companies are media companies. You have to put out media. You have to communicate. You have to be able to separate yourself and rise above all of the noise that's out there. Otherwise, nobody knows you exist. Nobody can do business with you. If you're not able to do this, you're stuck on the ad treadmill. You're stuck on the ad treadmill. And if you're a fan of the show, you know how I feel about the ad treadmill and how people are 
misusing that and being abused by that whole system. They're just squandering opportunity and wasting their money that could be better spent building businesses. They could be better spent building business relationships, creating content that lasts and slowly accumulating more and more and more of a user base of an audience base. I mean, all of that aside, if I type in your name, do you own the first page of Google search returns? And for most people, that means that they don't. So if you're an entrepreneur, go onto podcasts. Hey, if you're launching and growing a business, I'm going to start interviewing a lot of brand owners. So you could be on this show. You get a lot of downloads. You get a pretty good amount of attention by being on the show and sharing your story and telling people the lessons that you've learned. So I'll just throw that out there, but that would just be one more return. It would say, hey, XYZ has been on the End Hype podcast and they were talking about boots or whatever the thing is that you're selling. And it just adds another level of legitimacy. That's a great place to start. Secondarily, you can look at people that review those types of things. Maybe they have an unboxing channel. They have a boot review channel. They ha- they are a cowboy. I don't know. You should know your market. You should know the types of people that like your products, that review products that are similar to yours. And you need to get them to write about it, get them to talk about it, get them to make a video about it. You need a groundswell. You need a flood of media. And this isn't so somebody types in that random top-level keyword And your product pops up. This is so when somebody looks at your product and they say, hey, is this legit? Is this fake? Is this a scam? Is this good? You know, your brand name review that there's something that comes up that you exist, that you're real. Reputation isn't something that happens on accident. It's something that you build and you can help craft that narrative by actively becoming the kind of company that, yeah, puts out really great product, but also communicates with the marketplace this is who I am. This is where I am. This is the types of people that also enjoy the product. You need to participate in the creation of that narrative. Otherwise, it's going to be created for you. People will get the details wrong. They'll get your name wrong. They'll get the mission of your company wrong. They'll review another product and think that it's your product. You won't have them post and link back to your site. There's a million issues and problems. And we could dive in deep about the technical aspects of this, I could bore you to death about using SEMrush or another tool for SEO and really building this out there. But for right now, I just want you to do something. So that's the point of this. So we talked about just listening. Reputation management starts with just listening, handling those issues like a boss, like a real brand, a reputable entrepreneur, not getting all fussy about things not being defensive or having a bunch of excuses, but managing it, handling it, creating a procedure where you can take that conversation offline, you can turn a problem into an opportunity, maybe even into a raving fan. And we talked about building reputation through soliciting reviews, incentivizing reviews, incentivizing sharing, gamifying that whole process. So maybe people are getting 10% off. Maybe they're able to become part of an ambassador program, something, figure out what works for you, but you need to get people to not just, eh, maybe I'll post a review. You need those positive stories to break through the boredom. You need to have a great product and it needs to hit people in that emotional center. So they have to go out and share it, right? And you need to figure out how to promote that behavior. It's not just going to magically happen on its own. And then lastly, we talked about creating that groundswell. You need to be putting out media. You need to be crafting the narrative of your brand. Reputation management is not reactive. This is proactive. We're building 
multi-million dollar businesses. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen accidentally. You've got to take charge of this. Look, this is the last episode of End Hype for 2021. We've taken this podcast absolutely through the roof with listeners, with downloads. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. If you get value out of this show, and I, I seriously, if you run a product business and you look through the back catalog at the episodes, you look at the series that we just did on collaborative growth, you look, we have 90 episodes breaking down a lot of information on product businesses. If you get value out of this, which I'm fairly confident that you do, if you run a business or you want to launch a product business, share this out, bring on a friend. Everyone is an inventor. Everyone has a million dollar idea. They just don't know how to start. Everyone that's running a business needs some kind of guidance, some kind of tips. And I don't have all of the answers. I'm not going to tell you that I'm the guru of all gurus, but I do have some good information that I've picked up after the last 10, 15 years of developing products, launching businesses, growing businesses, running incubators, and talking to thousands of people that are like you trying to make something happen. So share this out. I don't charge anything for this information because I want you to take it and build a million dollar brand. When you're ready, I have programs, I have my coaching, I have a consulting business. I run a real business. I actually have a fairly sizable manufacturing business. I don't need to make money from this show. I need you to take the information from this show and start something. I want this show and I make this show to build my reputation. So you can walk away with that as the final lesson for today is I hope that I am putting out something that's worth sharing, something that will actively build my own reputation. And if you think so, go out there and share it. My name is Callie Keen, and this has been End Hype.